Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode, we are going to start a series of discussions about the Bible. And um, as we go through some of these Freedom Fridays broadcasts, um, some of them are going to be on current topical issues that the Bible talks about, but some of them, like this series, are going to be about specifically Bible issues. Now, obviously, all Bible issues relate to current issues. Um, the Bible is applicable to all areas of life, and so as we look through all these issues, there are always going to be uh, issues that deal with current things. Um, however, this is going to be more focused on what we would call a theological topic. Now, hold on, don't, don't turn it off yet because I, I said the T word. Just because it's theology doesn't mean it has to be dry. Just because it's theology doesn't mean it has to be boring. These are things that we need to know about the Bible. Really, theology just means the study of God. And this section of theology we're going to talk about is the study about the Bible. So what do we learn about the Bible? How can we learn to trust the Bible? How can we, uh, what do we, um, what do, how do we relate to the Bible? What do we use it for? How do we use it? Um, this first section is talking about a background issue around the Bible, and that's called revelation. And the definition today for revelation is the revealing of God to men. Now, I understand the word of revelation can mean a number of things, but for our topic, it's God revealing himself to us or God being revealed to us um, somehow in some way, in some shape, in some form. So how does that happen? How does God reveal himself to us? Um, there are a lot of people who have a lot of opinions and a lot of ideas, but what does the Bible say about how God reveals himself to us? I'm going to start with Psalm 19. The first six verses say, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving its chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. Um, in this passage, and another one we're going to take a look at in just a moment, we see that God is made known to us through nature. Now, that may not, that's not the only way he's made known to us, but as we look at nature, as we look at the intricacy of things, as we look at the design of things, as we look at the vastness of things, we learn some things about God. We learn that God is a God of order. We learn that God is a God who is creative. And the beauty of his nature shows that he enjoys beauty and he values beauty. Um, the vastness of the universe shows us that God is vast. He is deep. He is large. He is huge. He is massive um, in his intellect as well as in his being. And so we go to Romans chapter 1, which reiterates this. 
Romans chapter 1, and uh, beginning in verse 18, says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. Here, Paul is making the the argument that God's wrath is just against people because God has revealed himself to everyone. The question and the argument about the person who is in the midst of a jungle in Africa or in South America or anywhere else in the world that has never heard the gospel is somehow unjustly um, thrown into hell by God, that, that argument doesn't hold water. And Paul says, why? Because we all have a, an opportunity to recognize that, there, first of all, there is a God by looking at creation. And second of all, Paul even goes deeper and says, you can see God's invisible attributes. You can see his eternal power. You can see that he is divine by the things that have been created, and they're clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. If someone somewhere looks at creation and says, there is a God, there is a, I want to know him better, God will make a way to reveal himself deeper to that person. We've seen it again, time and time again. This is not necessarily a discussion of that type of revelation, but we're going, we can get that at at another date. Um, But God will reveal himself other ways to a person who is seeking out because they recognize that there is a God by looking at creation. And you see me looking off to the side because I'm looking out the window at God's creation out there, the trees and the wind and all of the other things outside. And so God reveals himself through nature. God is also made known through history. As we take a look through history, we see God's working. We see God's handiwork. We see the evidences of his fingerprint. Even the book of Esther, which we are currently studying through in our church, um, even the book of Esther, who never mentions God by name or by title in the book of Esther, reveals God's nature by his handiwork in history. By the work of God in history, if you look through the book of Esther, if you look through the historical books in the Bible, if you look through history in general, you will see that God is orchestrating and working through history. He has a plan. He has a design. He has worked through um, protection. He has worked through guidance. He has worked through judgments. He has worked through all sorts of ways in history. God works through history. The third way that God is made known to us is through providence. Let's go to Acts 14, and then I'll define providence for you. Acts 14, 
This is very similar to how God works through history. Acts 14, verses 15 through 17. Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In, the past, in past generations, he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. God's providence is that God is working. There is no such thing as chance or happenstance. Um, there is no randomness to it. God works. There's providence. That's God working through situations and circumstances. And in this situation, Paul is addressing a number of people um, in uh, Lystra who are trying to tell him that they are gods. He and Barnabas have done a miracle and they are saying that they're gods and they think one is Hermes and one is Zeus and and Paul pulls him aside and says, no, 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 you don't understand. Don't do this. God has revealed himself even through giving you good things, even through the rain, the fact that the rain comes on the good and the unjust, on, on the, the uh, evil and on the righteous, that food happens because of rain and because of sun, and he gives sun to, to everybody, and he gives good gifts to everyone. This is another way that God is made known through his providence. Providence, excuse me. The, the scripture says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above. So if there's anything that good that happens, the taste of an apple or a strawberry. Strawberry is one of my favorite fruits. And I love the taste of a strawberry. But that taste comes from the providence of God in the working of God. And that taste is the same for me as it is for someone who doesn't follow God. And so God has given those good things to men to show his good character. The fourth thing I have here is how God reveals is God is made known through the nature of man. These are, these are natural ways, by the way, that God is made known. Um, we're going to talk about special ways in just a moment. But God is made known through the nature of man. Um, Genesis chapter 1. Toward the end of the chapter, verses 26 and 27, says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So man, and when I say man, it's not just men, it's mankind um, in this situation, is created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Uh, we can see that again in Romans chapter 2.
Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 15, says this, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So God is saying, I even took part of what I want you to do and wrote it on your heart. So you can see by the nature of man that God exists and he has revealed himself through it, through that. And you say, well, I thought we were talking about the Bible, not just how God is revealed that there. The Bible is revelation, and that brings us to the next section. That is special revelation. Special revelation is God revealing himself through miraculous means what man could not otherwise learn. So this is ways that God has revealed himself uh, that we could not learn any other way. First of all, God has made himself known through angels. And I'm going to give you some references, and I'm not going to actually go there uh, for the sake of time for this one. Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20, and verses 26 through 38. And the reason I'm not going to go there is because most of you know the Christmas story. And this is an angel, the angel Gabriel, um, revealing God to man through... Um, through talking to Mary, through talking to Joseph, through a dream, through talking to um, the shepherds out in the field. The angels came and revealed some information about God, and in this case, the incarnation of Christ, um, that we could not have known without miraculous means, without them, God stepping into history and revealing himself specially in this way. And so he sends angels sometimes to reveal himself. And uh, we see it in Luke. We can go back to Daniel, where Daniel was visited by the same angel, Gabriel, and he gave him a bunch of information as well. There's a number of uh, places in the Bible, but suffice it to say that God has made known himself through angels as well. Secondly, God was made known by speaking directly to men. Genesis chapter 22, verses 11 through 19, we see God speaking directly to a man. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2 to chapter 4, verse 17, is a a conversation between God and Moses through the burning bush. And that God is speaking to man directly, in this case Moses, directly giving him the commands of exactly what he wants him to do. Um, Isaiah chapter 6 is where God is speaking directly to the prophet Isaiah and uh, giving him some instructions on how to relate to the nation of Israel and to to prophesy to the nation of Israel. Uh, This one I'd like to take the time to actually go to the reference again with you, and that's John chapter 1. John chapter 1 Verse 18 gives us the third way that God has revealed himself through miraculous means. John chapter 1, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Who has made him known? If we go back to the verse right before, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus has revealed God. God is made known 
through Christ. When we take a look at Jesus, this verse tells us, and we're going to take a look in another one in chapter 14, so go ahead and turn to John 14 if you're on the way, but that tells us, these verses tell us that God is revealed through the person of Jesus Christ, not just through his teaching, but through him himself. When you take a look at Jesus, you see God. Chapter 14, starting in verse 9, Jesus said to him, this is uh, Philip. So Philip says in verse 8, I'm going to back up, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. And so we see in this passage that, uh, that God has revealed himself through Jesus Christ. In verse 11, he says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on the account of the works themselves, speaking of his miracles. And he says, Philip, you don't have to see the Father because you're seeing him right now. And we see Jesus through the scriptures, and we see the Father, and we see the nature of God through the scriptures that reveal Jesus Christ. Now, the final way that God reveals himself to us is through, in special revelation, is through the Bible, through the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, But avoid irreverent babble, excuse me, that was 2.16, excuse me. 3.16 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So every scripture is, is revealing God so that we can live according to his plans. Second Peter chapter 1. And verse 21 says this, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit used men to write the scriptures. And that is the final way that we have God's revelation. Some people say, well, what about miracles now? What about a revelation, special revelation to people now? We will discuss that in a, in a next segment, in one of the next segments uh, about the Bible, because um, the Bible, I believe, is very clear that um, the revelation that we need is already completed in the canon of Scripture. So thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays. I'll see you next week uh, when we discuss the inspiration of the Bible. How do we know that the Bible is true? How do we know that it's inspired? Have a great week, and thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.